Go, ready? All right. Welcome back to Humans Anonymous, episode number four. We've got to, with us in the studio today, B. B. Ballard. Say hi, B. No. 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 Okay. No hi from B today. No hi. However, we do have a guest with us in today's episode. First of all, my name is Landon Ballard. I'm Amaria Ballard. My beautiful wife, and we are glad to be able to bring you episode four of Humans Anonymous. Isn't that right? This episode is actually going to be featuring me and my friend Aaron, Aaron West, who's part of the MWA troupe that me and Amaria are part of. Um, and we have been able to record an episode with him, and so we're glad to be able to bring that one with us today. Yeah, so no me today. Um, I'm not in this episode, uh, but I'm pretty sure you guys will enjoy what um, Aaron has to say. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. And then briefly, we just wanted to touch and um, thank all of you who have listened to the previous episodes. Uh, we are sorry that it's been such a long time, but life gets the best of us and we are doing our best. As you guys can see, I have cut my hair. <laughs> it's been... Yeah, it's, it's been a while since our last episode, and we're sorry for that. We just, we, we've had a lot going on over the past summer, so yeah. um, we appreciate you guys and appreciate so, the people who will be listening. We hope that you guys have had an amazing summer, and um, without any further ado, B, can you say let's get to the episode? Say get to the episode. Shy. Here we go. Aaron West, Ronnie West in the building. Yes, I am. For anybody who doesn't know of <laughs> Run West Media, we have uh, Aaron West with us in the studio today. Appreciate you coming out here, man. No, thank you for having me. I've been excited to do this just because we've did our the, you podcasted with me, but over the phone, and we've probably only see each other twice, and so yeah. it's nice to to be here with you and actually have a full conversation that's not under the guise of of. Uh, like a presentation or work yeah, yeah work. work so um, it's, it's funny be... though because i feel like every time we talk on the phone it ends up being like an hour long conversation <laughs> yeah, <that's> true <laughs> i because i i think it's me i'm a rambler so feel free to stop me i did that after you got off the call the other night that we had uh with the other two and i was like it was i think we got off the phone at like 10 30 so it was another oh, yeah. hour of me still talking so uh, i think that's I've realized, and my wife will always say, I, I'm a bit of a rambler, and my sister and my mom will make fun of it, but I will try to keep my concise, but yet still fulfill the answer hey, you're looking you're good, for. <laughs> you're good. I, uh, I'm the same way. Obviously, you know that. So, um, yeah, let's talk about, real quick, uh, Run West Media. That's the company that you founded, started, and are running. Tell us a little bit about Run West Media. Yes, yeah, so it kind of... Obviously, I've done a lot of stuff over time, but I think for me, it really kicked off in my mind that I could run a company. I So I was working for a company. We did a lot of window film installations. And when 2020 hit, there was like a big gap or there was just this void of what do people do? Like, how do we connect to new customers? And so I started a like window film podcast. Okay. And so that when I talked to different uh 
shops and different people who were in the industry. And as that kept going, I was like, oh, okay, this is something interesting. And so then I was like, let me turn this. So real quick, windows, like marketing, like uh, advertisement window screen, like what do we? No, like the window tints that are on cars. Oh, okay, okay. And like safety film that goes on buildings and stuff like that. Uh, And so it was kind of talking to people who would install it or that would teach people how to install it or like graphic designers that would do different things, kind of a part of it. Gotcha. And so that kind of spark this thing in my head and then ended up being i think 2021 now i decided to file paperwork and kind of go through that whole process and that's one of the things is i realized how easy it was to kind of create a business and so i was like hmm and so now i want to share that with people and like i could sit here and do a two-hour podcast on just like starting your own business and kind of all the things you got to go through um and so I kind of le- I was doing social media for the company that I worked with as well. And so I kind of leveraged that into getting paid. And at that same time, uh, my buddy who I was working with said he he's like, I was at my barber and his barber got this phone number. He's like, they're looking for website help. And I'm like, I've kind of worked with websites. You can right. see. And it just said Ray and it had a number on it. And so I was like, let me give I, I was on my lunch break. And so I was like, let me give this Ray a call. And so, and it was Ray Moffat of Moi. Yeah. And so I, I was like, they needed a website built because they weren't getting exactly what they wanted from the person they were working with before and kind of wanted to update it. Um, kind of in the similar fashion of it's 2020, they need to have a different yeah. reach and, and kind of get Our people Our website in. was looking pretty old. And it's still around and it's still useful. And yeah. there's lots of people who have those types of stuff. And I'm not saying the one I created was perfect or is perfect, but I think it's... A little more user friendly. I think it was better for what we were looking for, for sure. Yeah, and so I created that kind of. Uh, like I said, I've created a couple. I had like a blog originally. I did okay. like it was MidwestSportsBias.com. I remember what blogging used to be huge. Yeah, and it still is. It's honestly what I do now with the marketing agency I work with. We do blogs every week. Gotcha. Uh, and but so, yeah, I think what was it like maybe six or eight years ago blogging was like what podcasting is now yeah even it's now it's like any type of voice thing because if you can speak it so there's lots of different technologies ai i would almost say like yeah it's kind of moved on and it drastically does every day uh and so then i just kind of kept working on different pieces of the craft and when you start a business it's one of those you try to you say yes to everything and then you try to figure out like what do I do good yeah. so that I can kind of focus in and and try to grow it. Well, I, and I bet there's a good amount of a learning curve there too. Yeah, but that goes with everything I kind of did in the past. I was in the army, and I don't know if that's one of your future questions, but I, I was a psychological operations specialist, which essentially was marketing the U.S. to whichever country we were in. We had like okay. loudspeaker packs, and it was kind of uh, I. I always want to say manipulation of a situation in a way that will benefit everyone like our our main mission was resolve any issue without having a shot fired so okay if you had a backpack that could pretend that you have helicopters and tanks coming then people are might be more willing to negotiate Listen. different things yeah, yeah. so it, there's lots that that's kind an of, intense job it's it was definitely interesting and like crazy. of all of the jobs that you can do in the army where you're not shooting at people that's probably one <laughs> yeah. of the edgiest yeah it's it's <laughs> it's a it's funny too because if you've ever seen the men who stare at goats with like george so. clooney oh yeah, McGregor, yeah, yeah yeah uh that's the 
basis of the start of the psyop like okay. section of the army. That's crazy. Yeah, so a lot of I think some of that might have been a little over the top, but in essence, it's kind of that same uh, same type of stuff that kind of went on, and okay. it's just trying to. But essentially, breaking it down, it was marketing. Like right. you were marketing to people to try to get them to do something, but not to buy something. They were right. Let's go over here. Or let's do this type of thing. So, but yeah. So I had all the. I was making YouTube videos for my fantasy football buddies, and kind of had all these little things that I was enjoying and it's like how do i put that all together into something and i was like oh marketing kind of has all of these pieces yeah. i enjoyed podcasting i enjoyed video editing i enjoyed kind of the the marketing and the seo side of stuff and I was like oh let me instead of working at a warehouse let me try to do something else that's yeah. going to change my life and it certainly has for sure and it's one of those things i'm i learn every day i'm super excited about new challenges and things because it's stuff that I enjoy doing versus uh, cutting 60 pound safety film 70 feet or something like yeah. that. It's, yeah, no. So it's definitely a change, but I, I'm i so glad that I've found this path of mine right now. Yeah, well, it's been really cool to get to know you and kind of um, see your passion. You're definitely one of the most um, consistently aggressive people when it comes to what you do like you're at, like you're always doing something <laughs> i feel like and i'm I never feel like doing you're enough. either you're either <laughs> shooting a video of your you know son on the drone or you're you know doing a time lapse of this is what i did today or, you know it's just one thing after the and i'm it, it's very like inspiring especially coming from the place where i'm at right now getting something started um it's definitely really cool to see you work and it's one of those things like i said it's Every day I feel like I'm not doing enough, and but I'm not getting burnt out, and it's having that balance is, I think, the key to anything. That's what I've been preaching to you for the last few weeks is please don't get burnt out with this because I like what you're doing. It's just some people, if they all of a sudden get into something, it's like, okay, I got to do this, this, and this, and yeah. not have that deadline in your brain that's saying, I need to get on this, and then you stress yourself out. For me, it's every day there's, I have my notes of like my to-do list, and if I check off five of them, that's great because I'm making progress, but I think there's always more to do. And yeah. Well, and that kind of touched on, I was about to ask, like, what's like something key for you when you get up in the morning and get going to keep that balance in your life? Is it that sitting? Because I know you've talked to me about that before, the sitting down, let's figure out what are we doing today? Let's write it down. You know, you've talked to me about that before. Um, is, is that kind of your main thing or is there anything else that you do to kind of start the day on the right note? It's funny. Because that's the hardest for a lot of people is to get up and start the day on the right note. Oh, absolutely. I think having the, the to-do list and the checklist of things, and even I'll set that up the night before so I have like a plan for the day. <clears throat> There's lots of, I was just going to say, I started this week making sure I go to bed earlier so that I can wake up earlier. And I've started doing walks in the morning just to kind of feel kind of refreshed and yeah. I eat right. And like, I've changed my diet. I, so there's lots of other little or big things that you do. But I think for me, that keeps me on the business path is definitely having that to-do list and checklist and, but also trying to like, I've got a big whiteboard of different ideas and things that I want to do. Um, but having that plan, having a big picture plan, but realizing I need to break it down in order to get to that point. Cause a lot right. of times people will have 
I've got a two or five year plan of things I want to do, but it's like, okay, what are you going to do within the next week? That's going to be a part of getting to that. And that's, I think that's where most people falter. It's, I have a big plan, but I don't actually break it down. Just seeing that end goal. Yeah. And that's, it's like, uh, the journey versus the destination. You have to enjoy each day in the journey of doing all those little tasks versus just staring or just hoping for that end goal. And, and that is, definitely what tripped me up for a long time because i kept thinking like i want to i want this empire i want to do this and it's like well no i need to i need to figure out an email and kind of do that stuff and you need to take a step today and that's kind of like something that we talk about you know in moi it's like you have to celebrate every step forward Mm -hmm. not just that moment when you get to the place that you've been wanting to go you need to celebrate every time that you take one step forward because you could be taking one step back but you're not you're making progress. And like, I think that that's like, for me at least, one of the big things to keep me going forward. Because like you said, if you're looking at that end goal all the time, it's really hard to be satisfied with today. Yeah, and it's okay to take a step back. I think that's the big thing too, is to not negatively impact yourself if you need to take a break or I need to take a day off. Like for me, every day is a work day and it's, my wife like looks forward to the weekend where it's like, for me, there is no weekend because it's just every day there's something new to do. Whether yesterday, Saturday, working on like editing the video that I was working on. And then today coming out here and doing this and tomorrow I've got another podcast and kind of it's, but for me, these things are all things I want to do. And that's what doesn't make it feel like work. And for a long time in my head, when I was younger, it was always, I don't want to wake up and go to work and go, Oh, like as soon as I hit that point, I know I either need to move to a different job or yeah. it's finding some other way to to have that outlet. But I don't ever want to groan and be like, oh, I got to go to work because then that's killing a little part of you every day. And it's we've all experienced that. Like even was my first job where I was excited to go work at McDonald's. Like but yeah. then like three months in, it's like I did not want to work the drive through <laughs> yeah. on a Saturday morning again. <laughs> like that's just not what I want to be doing. And so you move and you change and it's like every job has its upside. It's a fresh start and it's something that you may enjoy for a little while, but as we grow, we all change. And I think the key is even if you're working at a job that you don't necessarily get excited to go, like if you'd wake up and you're not excited to go to work every day, but you still have to, then when you get off, you need to do something that excites you. You need to do something. And that's something that I've kind of been learning with all of this. I'm still working, you know, 50 hours a week at my regular job. And I have been more excited and energized the last month that I've been recording podcasts and I've been getting less sleep, having less time for myself, but I'm doing something that I actually give a crap about. You know what I'm doing? I'm putting what I what we genuinely believe is something good out into mm-hmm. the world. And so that on top of me working 50 hours a week, you would think it's like going to kill me, but it's just made life better. You always have to do something for yourself. Like even if it's like you have two kids, I have a son. It's like you still have to participate in family life. And, and, and obviously we both enjoy being a dad and it's so much fun, but there's also times you need to have the time to yourself to inspire you to do do something because if you don't have that spark or that light your family and kids are going to notice like why is dad sitting down over here yeah. looking glum and you just you don't want to 
to kind of have that impact them in that way where you want, like, I want to inspire them and I want them to have the, the spark in their eye because they have it when I see them and of the things that they do. And so making sure that you take time for yourself so that you feel fulfilled, even yeah. if it's like 10 minutes of just quiet time, drinking a Pepsi in the corner. That can be that's, everything. <laughs> that's, that's just what you want to do. <laughs> and so it's, and that's one thing it's making sure that your partner has that too, of not making sure that they're not always the one taking care of everything. It's like, I want to make sure, all right, I'm taking the kids. You sit here and do what you need to do and, and try to, get your spark or whatever it is that you need a rest or definitely it's well it's like the old saying um you can't pour from an empty glass yeah definitely (laughs) that's it's so true because it's you 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 can't give if you don't have the energy or just the excitement in life to to be fulfilled or to help others find like what we're doing now it's yeah it's great to to have it um it's great to have the job and sometimes it's Having that, you might be doing a bad job, but or not a bad job, but doing a job that you don't fully enjoy. But if you're making money to then go do the stuff that you want to do, like if you're able to travel and, and you have the opportunity rather than just trying to, I'm just trying to have a big pile of money. You need to have those experiences. Yeah. And it's like you're, when you're on your deathbed, are you going to remember what's in your bank account or your experiences that you had with your family or the places that you went to? And that's, for me, that's one of those things. Money is a tool, but it's not something that I need to to hoard or keep on to well and like you were saying at the the beginning before we started like you need to be doing it as long as you're doing it you know that's good and and i always go back to this i heard there was a survey done of a bunch of old older people who were close to death and when they asked them if there was anything that they regretted mm-hmm. not one of them said something that they did do but they said they regretted something that they didn't do yeah, you know, so if you're just working, 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 and you have never to have time to do the things that you genuinely want to do, you're going to regret that. Oh, for sure. I think that's, it's just making sure that you use the time that you have, whether it's talking to your mom and telling your lover, which I need to do. So hi, mom, I love you if you're watching this, <laughs> but it's also just making sure that the time that you having control of your time, which goes back to the business stuff. Like for me, I, and it's one of those working and being away from the family or having the freedom to kind of do what I want, spend time in my garden. Like when my kid's in elementary school or middle school, whenever he ends up doing sports, like being able to have the opportunity to coach him when it's like at 3 PM, like when he has practice after school is done, I knew long before he was, existed that that's something I wanted to make sure I had that freedom so the business stuff has always been kind of in my mind as far as I wanted to own my time and and have that freedom but it's it's really hard to get to I'm it's I'm glad I can at least I keep pushing you because I you're much younger it's like I'm 40 and it's I started my business at 38 so if we can get you at 28 to start yours then that's a win for me so I think just trying to be able to help people get to that point is is something that I it's a passion of mine I, it's like that's the motto of my business that's run your passion to the next level and it's how can I help you figure a way out to get out of the rat race or whatever that might be so it's all like I said I'm a ramblers but it's all kind of comes back full circle yeah definitely um I mean it, the key 
and all of it is just and this is the whole point of everything that we do with moi making sure that you're healthy mentally physically emotionally Mm -hmm. you know and in order to do that you have to be fulfilling this those uh passions and so um i feel like we've already gotten to kind of know where you're at a lot right now do you mind if we (laughs) Spin the wheel back a little bit. Yeah, take go it back right to ahead. Childhood. Let me take a drink of water for this. Go for <laughs> it, man. So, um, I remember as a kid. I want to just talk about something fun, real quick. I remember as a kid, the first video game I played. It was Super Mario on the Mario, uh, the Super Nintendo. It was either Super Nintendo or Nintendo sixty four. I think it was the Super Nintendo though. I remember playing Mario and. Um, I remember the first horror movie, which horror movies are my favorite genre right now. Um, I remember the first horror movie I watched. Uh, I wasn't allowed to watch them for a long time because I was a weak child. Um, but the first one was the first Conjuring when it first came out. And it's like, I feel like uh, movies, video games, music, they have this weird way of sticking in our mind. Like I remember songs from when I was seven years old, the entire lyrics yep. to them, yep. but I don't remember um, what year we landed the on on Plymouth Rock. Like I don't remember that, but I remember every you know every song that I ever learned in high school. And so, like, do you have any of those like core um, uh, bands, maybe, or like a, a memory that was like? This was significant. It's something that had to do with like music, video games, or uh, entertainment in the entertainment realm. Well, I'll date myself with the video game because the first one I remember playing, and I wish I could remember the name of it, it was the dots on the little hand snake. Ha- no, it was like the football, like, uh, and like it would, the dot would move. You had to try like, to get the dot across the field or whatever. Yeah, and it was on like its own little handheld thing. And I'm sure somebody out there, please comment what what it is. Uh, but that was late '80s. Um, but yeah, I techno uh, Super Bowl was probably one that I remember playing a lot with my kids. I remember with my friends. Uh, I had bought it an original Nintendo system from my friend but my dad made me return it. Like he didn't want me playing video games, which it's funny. I sit there and I watch my kid watching Mario on TV and I'm like, I, I'm okay with that. But it's like, if I can push off him playing video games as long as possible, that's good. I don't know if I'm going to be able to last it as long as my dad did it. Cause I didn't have a system until like PlayStation two. And Oh my goodness. So it was, I was definitely not the video Dude, game. The PlayStation two though. What oh, an amazing console, yeah. man. Probably the best. Yeah, FIFA and whatever other games that I had played on there were, and then I ended up having like an Xbox. So uh, music is definitely one of those things that I think for everybody, we kind of, it. it's funny, one of my favorite movies, Kiefer Sutherland, it's like a documentary of a band that he was touring with. Uh, music transports us emotionally. Kiefer Sutherland was talking about how music can transport anybody emotionally any place whether it's a first kiss you remember the song that was in the background or a fight you might have had with your parents and like the music that you played to kind of go and and rage out yeah Yeah, yeah. (laughs) um for me i think there's a few obvious i grew up uh, my parents were i don't want to say strict we were just very conservative about a lot of things that we brought into the house and um Somehow I got hooked on Phil Collins. Okay. And so like Susu Studio, it was one of those songs that I played nonstop. 
I had the Seal Kiss from a Rose cassette tape that I would play back and forth constantly. Um, But then there was, I don't know what birthday it was for my dad, but my mom bought him the Jimi Hendrix Experience CD. Um, And we just sat on the steps, like in our house, like Mm -hmm. kind of just right here. And we all just listened. And I think my sister was maybe one or two, probably about B's age. And we just sat, probably older than that, because I think I've, I think I was like 15 or 16. So she had to be five or six. Okay. And it had such an impact on me because it was one of those times where I felt like I was like, okay, this is not knowing who my dad really was before I was aware of him. It, and it kind of gave me that perspective into his past of like, okay, this isn't, he, my dad was kind of like a, a not a preacher, more or less, but a deacon in the church. And so it was one of those where I saw a very different perspective of who he was older. And it was, I obviously you're uh, as a son, you want to know and connect to who your dad was when they were younger at the same age, like who, how are you in this way? And so it was really interesting because he used to go to concerts and, and see him in person and then actually watch him kind of, enjoy the moment of listening to Jimmy kind of struck me in a way. And I've been a fan of him ever since. It's one of those, I, I bought as many of the CDs that I could find after that. And, and whenever I needed to kind of calm or chill was Jimmy or Jack Johnson. Um, but it was really interesting, but f- music has always been something. I think when you're 16 to 22 music is definitely one of those things that helps you emotionally get through different things and kind of and inspires you whether it's i was going to a soccer game playing eminem before just to kind of get pumped i also feel like at that age you're most connected to who you're listening to too yeah you feel their pain or their happiness about whatever's going through uh and but for me, since then, it's kind of I've detached from music. Like it's one of those you get older and it's like, oh, this new music, these kids, what are they listening to? And so you kind of lose whatever it was that was new music coming out and you kind of stick with whatever you enjoy. And I try to branch out. I try to go on iTunes and see new stuff. And there's good songs that are out there, but it's like I still revert back to the stuff that I like. And it's just kind of what I keep going back to. And it's. It's like now I have, if I'm in a certain mood, then I'm going to listen to certain songs. If I need a calm, relax, it's ones that I don't know if your viewers know about, Nick Drake. Uh, it's very similar to like a David Gray okay. um, and like the Jack Johnson, Ben Harper and, and, and all of them. Or if I need to go and listen to some underground rap, whether it's Dilated Peoples or People Under the Stairs and Jurassic 5. So there's lots of stuff that I kind of... The deep cuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's definitely finding uh, the music that kind of hits you and inspires you is important. But it's also it's like, OK, now, like I said, I was going to have to go play a soccer game or I'm going to yeah. work on this paper. It's like I it's good to be in it, but also don't get deep into it where I'm depressed listening to Linkin Park like nonstop and just yeah, like yeah, yeah, I, yeah. everybody sucks kind of deal. <clears throat> and so it's don't get sucked into to to just kind of being in your ways you're gonna have to come out of your room come out of your shell a little bit and it's 
make sure that it's music that kind of helps push you along because now all i listen to is classical in the car i just leave it on the classical station it's like i want my kid to listen to it like let's Hopefully he's going to be good at math yeah, so because good of all for their brain. Right? Yeah, yeah, apparently I don't know if it is for sure, but it's like it helped. That's right here. Have you uh, have you seen the Baby Einstein? That sounds... It's like these videos with classical music playing in the background, and it'll be like um, somebody putting blocks on top of each other, oh, okay. or like turning on a toy that like it's just like stuff to entertain like their eyes and like, but it's also classical music playing in the background, and B will stand there and just just zoned in it's crazy and i'm like i don't remember because i i'm the middle of eight kids and so i kind of helped raise the younger ones and i'm like i wish i would have known this trick when i was a sibling (laughs) taking i just flipped that on and i don't have to babysit anymore (laughs) yeah my sister's 10 years younger than me so i definitely was the built-in babysitter and we just had it on all the time i did like every saturday we'd listen to the classical music that was on there was like a program that would play when we're going to church and whatnot but yeah now it's i I try to impose that music on him but all he wants to listen to is taylor swift and harry styles now he he's got he's got her my wife's ability to regurgitate any song and lyrics so he's sitting there singing i'm like you're four and you're singing along to all this stuff and it's like it's crazy oh that's good though that's yeah, good, his though. memory like, is on for yeah for him to be able to actually do that. That's crazy. Yeah, and it's you'll see it soon enough. As soon as they get, it's you can't put anything else on. That's the problem. At least it's not Coco Melon. So it's <laughs> yeah. That's one thing that I'm glad that we didn't uh, we had, we didn't get her into the Coco Melon and um, or I mean she watches SpongeBob really. Okay. She's not a big TV person. She doesn't really like to watch TV, but um, if she does, it'll be SpongeBob for about five minutes, and then she'll be running around. That's. But you mentioned uh, a couple times. So your dad was a, a deacon. You, you did you go to church every Sunday? I I I grew up going to church. My parents uh, have always been very involved in church, and so that's something that I kind of grew up doing. Obviously. You know, especially uh, in sobriety, my uh, my higher power, my um, my religion, whatever you choose to call it, my relationship with my higher power is what I call it. That's very important to me. Uh, is that something that um, s- stuck around for you? Um, is that something that uh, you feel like kind of shaped your life a little bit, or was that something that you more um, pushed back against? No, it absolutely shaped me. It's we were we went to church every Saturday. Our church was a little bit different, okay. And so, uh, to say the least, and we had. Oh, uh, what denomination was it? <laughs> it was Christian. Okay. But we celebrated Jewish holidays, and we had some like I wouldn't say Muslim, but we didn't eat pork. We didn't eat any unclean meats. Gotcha. And so there was lots of mixed signals growing up as different influences well sort of and so at least for me of trying to understand everything that was going on it was confusing because like the church changed their identity like when i was 16 and so that kind of shaped religious disagreements within the house and so i had already kind of gotten to the point where i was like i'm I'm fine eating a pepperoni pizza if need be, or any of the things that were that the church changed into. But my parents had a much harder time struggling to adapt. Yeah, um, they grew up. My mom grew up in the church. It was called the Worldwide Church of God. If you Google it, there's 
weird stories that you'll find on Wikipedia and whatnot. But for me, it was definitely a community of people that I had good connections with. It was something that I, I think the basis of the church was at least instilled in me, like the right and wrong, like the life that you shouldn't try to live um, to, to better other people and, and just kind of live in a way that's inspiring and, and, and kind of in a godly way. Yeah. I still had a lot of questions when I was a kid and I, I'm always somebody who questions things and kind of feels I'm the know-it-all. And so I kind of pushed the boundaries on some of that stuff. And, but it's definitely one of those things that I feel has shaped me to the person I am and I'm grateful for it. I have definitely kind of swayed in and out. I, I've, I definitely have a book on my shelf and my Hindu uh, when I went to Iraq, I definitely talked to a lot of the locals about um, Islam and, and being Muslim and just kind of, uh, I am always want to discover and learn different things. And for me, with the Christian faith, I never knew if it was for sure for me because there's so many different facets of it and denominations and every one of them tells you that this is the right one. I was like, how can you all be right? And yeah. So that was kind of my... My like, I, I don't know if this is for real. I feel, and in, in all like, I honestly feel God's within us all. As long as we try to do good and and be the person that whoever higher power wants us to be, as long as it's not infringing on anybody else, but if it's bettering them, and as long as we're not, I was, I just, I'm not a pushy person. So it was one of those things for me. Christianity has, or any religion the person has to accept it versus it being pushed on them. Oh yeah. And I think that was kind of the, the crux of the problem that I had with my parents towards the end of my high school career was I shouldn't have to be forced into this. Oh, it yeah. should be something that I, I, I would think God wants to accept me to accept it whenever yeah. it's my time. Each one of us has our own religion period. Like, there, no two people are going to agree on every single word that's in the Bible or the Quran um, or the Torah. Like, yeah. it's just a matter of, like, we're all going to have our own religion and we're being around people who have 80 to 90 percent similar belief system. And as long as we're being in a, in a positive way, I think that's what – and I think church was – people go to church for the community aspect yeah. of it, I think. Uh, and – and if you're in need of help, that's one place that you can go and you can feel the love if it's correct love. Right. Um, and I think that's what the church brought for me growing up was this community of people that I felt like, okay, all of these people care about me and that helped me grow. As I sit now, it's one of those things I don't know if I can walk in and say how I feel in any church that's going to be like, okay, I, we're going to accept you in this way when it's like I have – so many different viewpoints on things that it's hard to to kind of find a specific congregation that I would feel like I could go in and be comfortable in Definitely. but I still feel spiritual I still feel I follow like a sense of karma as broad as that might be but I think that's kind of always been in my head was um, I don't feel like I need to be accepted into God's club or whatever it might be but as long as I'm fulfilling what I feel is 
doing good and, and correct in, in my mind, then I think I can at least go to whatever next side and feel comfortable, comfortable and confident that I did what I thought was best. And regardless of if I'm going to be judged, like I think I'm, I'm judging myself every day. Yeah. And so I think that's, again, that's another complex conversation, but I think that there's, there is a baseline of like, let's, let's treat each other it's not a Bambi line, but it is treat each other as if you'd want to be treated. I think that's as long as you're respectful to whoever, even if it's somebody you disagree with. And I think just the society as a whole right now, we don't want to listen. We just want to tell. I think that's granted we're on a podcast telling people stuff, but I think it's as long as they're willing to listen to what we have to say, and I'm going to be willing to listen to what other people say when I talk to them. And it's, and take it in versus trying to as much as I love to talk, like to put it on them. I'm willing to, I want to listen and hear your story. I'm a sponge for all kinds of topics. I want to know and learn from other people as much as I can. Cause that's, that's never going to go away. I hope I'm on my deathbed, like trying to learn something from yeah. somebody. Cause that's just, that's what fuels your brain to kind of keep going. Yeah. It's what keeps you actually, uh, you know, taking that step forward and actually, like we've been talking about, actually doing it, mm-hmm. right? Um, so uh, the last thing that I want to do uh, before we close, every time that I do um, a guest, I want to, um, for the viewers out there who maybe were in, you know, the kind of position that you were talking about being in in your 20s, 30s, um, for that person out there who's struggling uh, what is one thing that you would say to young Ronnie, young Aaron West, if you could go back and talk to him? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, at least for me personally, it would be figure out your finances, but I know that that's an easy one to pick just because I know that that would have alleviated a lot more stress that I went through. But I think like I've all, I don't have any regrets. So it's just, know you're going to be okay. Like, I think that's like tough times were going to come, but understand that you're strong enough to get through it and lean on maybe more of your friends. Cause that's one thing now I've realized within the last few years is I have like the same group of high school buddies that we all kind of hung out in college. And then we all, most of us had kids and now we're like on a tech stream and it's, and it's funny because now we're like sharing like the stuff that I wish we would have shared back then because we all kind of are dealing with it. And I know some of my buddies are struggling more than me and I, they knew that I was struggling back then. So it's lean on your friends. Like don't feel as if you need to be man enough to like try to have this persona that I can handle anything. It's yeah. there's being a guy is it's not, it's hard and it's not harder than whatever, a woman would go through, but I think we put it on ourselves. We hold so much in, we try to carry a family. We try to carry whatever the, the job is putting on us, but give yourself the moment to, to let it out, to talk to a buddy and just kind of let them know that I want to know what's going on with you and, and try to be open and figure out and help them because in the same breath, 
they'll probably turn around and ask you the same question in order for you to get it out. And so that's the essence of what I would try to tell the younger version of myself. I think use that support and and you'll be okay essentially yeah i think that's just be tough but don't be hard on yourself and that's I think... beautiful right there <laughs> Jeez, man be tough but don't be hard on yourself yeah i enjoyed this human interaction yes. i appreciate you coming through thank you for aaron west everybody uh anything you want to plug uh just if you check out my website runwestmedia.com moi.net if you are looking for any type of mental health help or subjects or resources uh, go and check that out but yeah if you're otherwise if you have a small business and you are looking or just looking for questions about starting your own uh, check out runwestmedia.com he's the man appreciate your time man no problem thank you of course Thank you.